Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on Toginet.com. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women around the world. We'll cover everything military, from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder, to navigating government programs dealing with family issues, to the struggles of deployment, along with being a working mother, both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and here are your hosts. Hello, Military Moms. Welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. I'm Robin Boyd, holding down the fort today. Sandra's enjoying this Memorial Day weekend. I hope you've had a beautiful weekend as well. As much as Memorial Day is thought of as an unofficial start to summer, this is a day for us to stop and reflect on those who have served our country, who are serving, and for those who are not with us any longer because of their dedication to our country's freedom. So, for Memorial Day, we're looking back at some of the many guests we've had on the show and bringing you some clips from our archives. You can always find the complete podcasts of any of our shows here on our show page on Toganet at our website, www.militarymomtalkradio.com, or you can always find us on iTunes. Because this is Memorial Day, let's look back to February 7th when we met Betsy Beard. She's a surviving mom of specialist Bradley Beard who was killed in action in Iraq. Betsy is now the editor for the National Quarterly Taps magazine, and she's written a children's book, Clinger, A Story of Honor and Hope. It's a very tender book based on a real horse that serves in the caisson patrol at the, Ar- at the Arlington National Cemetery. Let's listen to this segment with Betsy. You are a facilitator as well, is that correct, of workshops? Yes, I've done several workshop presentations um, with TAPS at our national seminar, and then we also have a local support group in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And I think in order to understand some of our programs, if I back up a little bit and tell yeah. a little bit more about TAPS. I'd um, love that, yes. Okay. We have, um, our, our basic thing is that we're there for emotional support and peer support for survivors. And most of us feel extremely isolated when a death occurs and and honestly, our families and friends don't know how to handle us, and, and we sure. were that way, too. It's, sure. Death is it a horrible is, thing. It's very and, hard. Yes, mm-hmm. and and so what we do is, is not only do we have our peer mentor support network, which is more the telephone, email kind of one-on-one, once-a-week keeping up with someone who's a new survivor, newly rebriefed. Mm. Um, but we also have an online community that's fairly active. We have different chat groups for different relationships. Siblings have a group, parents, spouses, surviving spouses, and also fiancés at TAPS. Um, we are there for anyone who's grieving the death of a service member, um, not just one relationship or the other, anyone. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances of the death were. We're sure. just there for everyone. Um, there are other organizations that don't, that aren't quite so inclusive. But um, it was felt from the beginning when, when Bonnie Carroll founded the organization, that we needed to be have our doors open to everyone, whether it was a combat death, an accident, 
uh, suicide, which we've seen uh, a lot of recently, or even illness. Anyone who's suffered the death of a service member is welcome at TAPS. Now, you mentioned Bonnie Carroll. Um, she is the is she singly the founder of TAPS, or was she a part of a group that founded this organization? Well, she really is pretty much single-handedly and single-heartedly the founder of TAPS. When her husband, Brigadier General Tom Carroll, was killed in a plane crash in 1992, um, she discovered at that point that there was nothing on the national level or even on local levels for surviving um, family members. So after a number of months, she and the seven other widows who whose husbands had been killed in that plane crash began to get together and they found comfort and healing. And that's when she started looking into how can we make this a national program? She did a lot of research on best practices of mm-hmm. different other groups like COPS, which is Concerns of Police Survivors. And and so she worked to, to make this a nonprofit that was um, listed on in every state of the union. So it took quite a lot of time, and they they began in 1994 in the fall of the year. And since that time, you know, TAPS has helped really thousands, tens of thousands of people, and not just adults. We also have a, a special children's branch of programs, too. Now, does the organization have satellite staff people that are across the country? So if uh, somebody is needing, say, uh, to have some kind of a workshop or some kind of... I don't know, would you call it an intervention or some kind of support? Are there staff people around the country, or do they need to come to you, or how does that all work? Well, that's an excellent question. We have, in in addition to the peer mentor support network, which is nationwide, and anybody can dial a telephone, can get support that way, we also have... um, well, we have mainly our our um, national office in Washington D.C. and a small group of of professional staff. And some of the people deal with casework assistance, you know, helping the survivors get through some of the governmental red tape, or just answer questions that they don't have the energy to to track down the answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have people on standby if there were an emergency anywhere across the country. We work with chaplain agencies. We also um, we also do something that is new in the last three or four years, and that's a regional survivor seminar. And what we do is we take our staff members and go to different parts of the country, usually on bases or posts where there have been heavy casualties, and we will have a two-and-a-half-day regional seminar, which is patterned a little bit after a national seminar that's held every year in Washington, D.C. on Memorial Day weekend. Mm. So we get help out into the individual regional areas probably 15 times a year, 15 to 20 Mm -hmm. regional seminars. And the other thing I wanted to mention about the children's program also, not only in the national um, survivor seminar, but also in all the regional events, we do have 
a children's good grief camp, which runs concurrently. So those who have children can come, allow their children to be cared for uh, at the same time that they're learning to cope with grief and finding new people that understand what they're going through. That's wonderful on so many levels because I think... I and I have not been in your shoes, so I do not know. But I know children need to uh, process their grief as well. And I think many times parents are so stricken by the the death of their loved one that the little ones that are around them also need to process and. I think the support often has gone to the parents and and the the support, and then knowing that there's something for those kids is just amazing. That is just such a wonderful part of your organization. Yeah, we we have um, trained professionals also on staff with with um, their degrees in the child uh, mental health. Mm -hmm. I'm at a loss for words here. I can't. You know, just not right. sure what. Right, yeah. I love the name, Good Grief. I, I mean, that's just darling, and it just gives that little, it's almost like a little hug uh, right then and there. It's it's a it little is. hug for these kids. It is. Now, during the national seminar, we have generally probably around three to 400 children and one of the components of the camp Gosh. that's the national camp is that we also have trained military mentors who work one-on-one with the children. So they're in groups that are wow. age-specific, and they each have a military mentor. We we draw from most of the um, bases and posts that are in the D.C. area, and you'd be surprised how many of these military men and women will give up their four-day weekend to come and work with the children of the Good Grief Camp, and they'll be with the kids from 8 in the morning until 10 p.m. at night. Oh, my good grief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good grief. Mayor, that's an amazing component of that program. Wow. How many children do you have, Betsy? I have two children, uh, mm-hmm. Brad, that we talked about a little bit earlier, who is mm-hmm. buried in Arlington National Cemetery and who now resides in heaven, and then Stacy, who is our daughter and lives near us in the Durham area. Mm-hmm. Is she Was she younger than Brad, or how old was she when um, you lost Brad? She is younger, and so she was 19 when this occurred. Oh, and wow. mm. it It's been a devastating blow for her. A lot of people don't understand the sibling relationship, and when you really stop to think about it, it's the one relationship that lasts you all your life from the day you're born Mm -hmm. until you die. Your parents, at some point, die before you, to be hoped, and, Mm -hmm. um, and you don't usually meet up with your spouse until you're in your 20s, so the sibling bond is really strong, and... And we have a very active sibling group in TAPS as well. We try once a year to have retreats. You'll find a beautiful poem written by Betsy on our scrapbook page on MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. For more information on the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, visit www.taps.org. Betsy's book can be found there as well by navigating to the TAPS online store. 
Coming up, a visit from Tish Stropes of the Fisher House Foundation. But first, these messages from our friends at Toganet. We'll be right back. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. It's time to get your boots off with the Boot Campaign. With hosts Megan Roth and Bailey Gray, Thursdays at noon, 1 central on Toginet.com. Sponsored by Austin Bank. The whole point of the Boot Campaign is to continue the true grassroots initiative developed by a group of patriotic women known as the Boot Girls. Inspired by the true story of Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, the Boot Girls got started with celebrities but want every American to get your boots on by purchasing a pair of the Give Back Combat Boots. The campaign's motto is simple. When they come back, we give back. For more on the Boot Campaign, go to the website, bootcampaign.com. The Boot Campaign Get Your Boots On Show will feature discussions on current events impacting the lives of active duty and retired military, interviews with our nation's war heroes, medical professionals, and celebrities who have put their boots on. Do your part and join us for The Boot Campaign Get Your Boots On Show with Megan Roth and Baby Gray, Thursdays at noon, 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com, Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903-617-6899, 903-617-6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, Military Moms. This is Robin Boyd with you today for a Memorial Day tribute show. Sandra and I thought it would be great to look back and reach into the archives and revisit some of the guests we've had in our past episodes. In March, we were fortunate to meet Tish Stropes from the Fisher House Foundation. Now, this is a network of houses adjoining major military hospitals for families of loved ones who are ill or recovering. Families receive room and board, easy access to the hospital, a place for loved ones to leave the hospital for a short time to visit with the family, and it's an environment with others experiencing similar situations. Let's listen to this segment from our March 21st show. So why don't you, for 
for those of us uh, who aren't familiar with Fisher House, why don't you just kind of go over in a nutshell, you know, the history and kind of, you know, what does it do, what does it provide, you know, a good overview for our listeners today. Sure. Um, Fisher House Foundation, just the premise of Fisher House Foundation, the easiest way to explain it is it can be likened to the Ronald McDonald House. Um, with the exception that Fisher House is for military members and their families, their dependent family members. Um, it was started back in 1990 by Zachary and Elizabeth Fisher, who actually were never in the military, never had children in the military, but um, definitely had an allegiance to the military and um, wanted to support our troops. And um, and that's how, you know, they first started out and came to be. And um, it was um, the Fishers themselves who actually wrote the first check to build the very first house um, at the National Naval Medical Center in Bethesda in 1991, um, and that's where our first house opened um, its doors. And since that point, we uh, currently have 54 homes um, across the country, um, two of which are in Launchstuhl, Germany. Um, and these houses provide a home away from home for um, military families, whether it's the active duty member that's in the hospital or a family member that's in the hospital, this is a place where our families can go and stay. And instead of being, you know, stuck in a hotel where they don't have those comforts of home, um, Fisher House is it's it's your home. There's a living room. There's a dining room. Um, we have playrooms for the kids and. Every room, you know, has a TV and Internet connection and its own private bathroom. Um, the great thing about them is when some of these patients get um, passes that they can go on leave, they can actually come and stay at the Fisher House with their family and, really? and, and not be caught up in a hotel and how am I going to get in? It's not handicap accessible. or um, They can stay there and their families can cook for them and um, and really focus on the healing process and getting better, and there is no time limit. They can stay there anywhere from, you know, if you're if you're only there for a short time, a week, or we've had people stay, you know, over two years in a Fisher House. Wow! Are they located in proximity to the um, medical facilities, or they, are they? They are. We have some that are located um, right near the military hospitals, and you can actually walk. The point is, you know, so that you don't need a car. You don't need to find transportation. You can get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, and walk out the door, walk to the hospital or, you know, to the VA, and be there with your loved one. You have nothing to worry about. Um, we, we want to take care of all those worries for the families. Oh. And we just want them to focus on, you know, getting better. Well, and I love that, you know, the way you put it, it sounds like it's like the best thing next to being home. It really is. I had um, a family that I recently saw at um, at Bethesda, and um, and their son was there again for another surgery, and um, and he was in the hospital, and then they let him come back for a day or two before they actually had his surgery, and. And the mom told me, she said, you know, the greatest thing is when he's in the hospital, you can see him tense up and, and worried and concerned, and, and he just isn't himself. But when we bring him here to the Fisher House and roll him through those doors, he's able to relax and, 
and he's just himself. And he can, you know, sit and watch a movie or, or sit at the table with us and enjoy the food that he enjoys. You know, we can cook for him and, and be with him. And, um, and, you know, there's nobody waking him up. And lights aren't going off and on and off in the room. And, um, and if we need anything, we, you know, the hospital's right there. But it really gives them a place to relax and just be themselves and spend that time with their family that, you know, and, and they don't have that interruption of people coming and going and coming and going. And, you know, you have support from other families who are, are going through the same thing. You may be in the middle of um, in the middle of your stay, but you have new families arriving who need your support, need to tell you, you know, so you can tell them the ropes, how things are happening. And you have people who are leaving who you can look at and go, wow, you know, we're going to be there soon too. So, it's a great cyclical process, you know, and, and as military families do, supporting one another, which is great. Well, and what I like about it, you know, I think back, you know, to obviously I don't have experience of, you know, having a loved one, you know, go through military treatment, but like when my oldest brother was, um, he was very sick and was being treated for cancer, I know exactly what you're talking about, you know, about like the lights and the noise in the hospital, and then to go to a hotel, you know, it's like people don't understand. They look at him. He's clearly sick. He's walking slowly. You know, we're walking together as a family. Everybody's trying to get in their different hotel rooms. You know, it's it's really, really difficult when, you know, when you want to spend time together on the family, with the family, and you want to have that you just kind of reconnection, that rest and relaxation, and you don't want people looking at you wondering, oh, I wonder what's going on over there. I don't think you would have that at the Fisher House because everybody knows what's going on. Exactly. I mean, different stories, you know, every, somebody may be going through a different type of situation, but you're all there for the same reason, to, to help your loved one get better and, um, and to make that process as simple as possible. It's, it's enough of a burden to figure out, you know, how am I going to get to the hospital? Who's, you know, if my kids aren't with me, who's taking care of my kids? And I've got to get back. And, and is there going to be somebody at the desk? And, you know, all these questions running through your mind. You don't have to worry about any of that at the Fisher House. You know, you have your key, you have your room, and you come and go, and that loved one is welcome to be there, and, and they want them out of the hospital if they can come and visit, whether it's for the day or an overnight. Um, and, and they're all welcomed with open arms, and, and they're supporting one another. Now, I know when I was reading through the Fisher House stuff, they say, you know, that, you know, I look, there's a whole bunch of, you know, different Fisher Houses. Is there one at every major medical center? There is not, but we're growing every day. Um, like I said, we have 54 different homes. We currently have um, three homes under construct or more than three homes under construction. Um, we'll be opening one at Wright Pat on April 29th, one at our second house in Minneapolis on June 9th. Um, the DCVA, is, their house is going to be opening. Um, Augusta, Georgia is another one, and we have construction going on in Pittsburgh, in Salt Lake City, in Murfreesboro, um, another one in Elmendorf, um, in Alaska. And so, really, there's a lot of projects underway, um, whether it's actual construction or at the very tail end of a project or haven't even broken ground yet. So there are projects in place for many more homes to come. Now, do they just serve the Army? Do they serve the Navy? Who do they serve? They serve all medical or, or all military branches, excuse me. So it doesn't matter, you know, Navy, Air Force, Marines, um, Army. We, we serve everybody, um, you know, reservists active duty, retired, 
Um, there, no discrimination, you know, we're there for everybody who has served at one point or another in the military, um, and their families. Now, these, when you say house, I want to be clear to our listeners, this is not like a little, what we think of just a personal house. This is a place where you can handle, you know, you have more than one room, you know, you, you know, because when I hear the word Fisher house, I think, you know, it's, it's a house, you say, well, these are houses, but these are actually bigger bigger, I don't want to say a facility because that sounds really cold, but they're bigger than just a house. Well, they our older homes, um, some of them have eight bedrooms, so eight oh, families wow. can stay there. And um, they, and, and our larger ones, um, we just built three new ones at Bethesda, they have 20 rooms, so 20 families can be there. Wow. But you, you walk in the front door, there is a, a living room that you can, you know, more of a formal living room, you can sit and you can talk and relax and um, and then you have a dining room with five or six big round tables um, that families can come and sit and eat their meals. Um, all of the houses have a nice, large, common kitchen area. Um, each room in the house has its own kind of like little cupboard area where they can they can store their own personal food that maybe they've got out, gone out and purchased if there's a special meal that they wanted to cook. There's a place to keep stuff. And also, all of the houses um, have a lot of, you know, common food, food that's donated. We have a lot of different people that come and um, cook meals and have them there for the families so that after a long day at the hospital, they can come home and there's a meal waiting for them and they don't have to think about, you know, cooking dinner or figuring out what they're going to have that night. Um, they have a laundry room. You can come and do your laundry anytime, lots of washers and dryers. Um, another room with a big TV um, to sit around and watch TV if you want to do that. Some of our houses have, our newer homes um, have a nice playroom for kids that, you know, have a Wii and a PlayStation and a big, huge TV. In fact, I was amazed at how large it was. And um, they can watch movies and hang out. And, and there's actually a little monitor camera so that parents can be in the kitchen and watch their kids and know what's going on in another room. Um, and then we have, um, in our newest homes, there's 20, um, 20 bedrooms. And downstairs, we have handicapped. They're all, all the rooms are handicap accessible. Um, and they all have their private bathrooms. Um, some rooms have one bed. Some have two twins. Some have two doubles. Um, we have a lot of different variety, depending on the family, how big or how small it might be. Um, so it's just like being at home with the exception that, you know, you're at a Fisher house. So you can be comfortable. You can do all those great things you do at home. Um, you're just there with a couple other families. This year, with a number of new houses in the works, contributions are always needed. Please visit www.fisherhouse.org, and that's F-I-S-H-E-R, fisherhouse.org, to learn more of their services and how you can help support their mission. We've got a break coming up, and when we return, we're going back to January and our visit with authors Melissa Seligman and Chris Piper. More on Military Mom Talk Radio after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible? Then join us Mondays for the Leah Jansen Show. Every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com with Leah Jansen. 
Listen live as Life Coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, leahjansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H-J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jansen. And listen live to The Leah Jansen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio. Here today with you to look back at some of the many interesting guests Sandra and I have met on the program. In April, Sandra Beck celebrated one year with the Toganet family, bringing you this show and her sister show, Motherhood Talk Radio. She and Tina Gonzalez launched the first of this show with Ollie Smith of the National Association of Child Care Resources and Referral Agencies. And wasn't that perfect? Because that's what Military Mom Talk Radio has been and continues to be all about, resources and referrals for military families. And I'm very pleased to have joined the show this year. In January, we met Melissa Seligman and Chris Piper, who have recently collaborated on a children's book titled A Heart Apart. This book offers military children a vehicle to express their feelings and emotions stemming from a family member being deployed. Let's listen to this segment. And at the time, there was nothing like it at all on on the market, so I was very terrified. Everything that I'd seen had been more along the lines of how to boost morale and the best way to handle a deployment in terms of, you know, spending your money and finance control and things like that. I hadn't really seen anything that dealt with the grief cycle that we do go through. So I I was terrified, <laughs> which explains why I came to Chris and grabbed her. You know, like, please help me. 
Well, but I mean, it's amazing, you know, when I when I read your words and I can put myself in your shoes and then I look at, like, the sanitized version on Army Wives, mm-hmm. you know, how, I mean, I like Army Wives, it's a, you know, it was a good, you know, like, eye candy show and fun to watch and I like to see what the girls were wearing, but, and they did cover some stuff, but yours came across to me with unbelievable heart. You know, it didn't come across as complaining or whining. It was more like, look, this is the way it is. This is what we're going through. And anytime somebody comes with a voice that hasn't been heard before, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. I truly appreciate that because, you know, Chris and I talk often that when when all of this started, even with the book and everything, that, that our biggest fear was that people would continue, especially our fellow military wives, to say that speaking equals whining. And it's been wonderful, the reception that we've gotten, the reception I've had with my book as well, and just hearing people say, me too. And, and it's overwhelming. My very first book signing, a lady drove for three hours to get there and walked in and just collapsed. And she said, my husband left yesterday. And, you know, and the first thing she said was, me too. I I had to come because she had read a little bit about it. And I thought, goodness, this is this is much bigger than me. It's so much bigger than I am. So it's been an honor to, to at least have a small voice somewhere for these women. Well, I think it's a big, powerful voice. I don't put it as a small voice. It's a big, powerful <laughs> voice. And anybody listening today needs to read this book. Um, there's a lot of different places you can get it. Where's the easiest place people can get the book the day after he left for Iraq? I would assume that it would be Amazon since they do have it in Kindle form as well as hardback. So that makes it easiest for everyone, I think. Absolutely. We love the electronic versions, but I do have to tell you, I really like the cover. Can you tell us a little bit about the cover? That is actually my baby. And if, uh, you know, reading the book when I talked about, I went and found her uh, one of the 12 inch size G.I. Joe dolls. That's actually him. That and is, yeah, that's the new G.I. Joe? That that he, he's um, this is the the big one. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not very caught up on the GI Joe action figures, but I went in and I was just looking. You know, she before all this, she was banging her head on the floor continuously, and we were going around with these bruises on her forehead all the time. And you know, people would tell me she's way too young. This is not bothering her the way you think. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm her mom. I I know you're wrong, but I couldn't really prove it. But so I walked through the store and I was, you know, looking. I'm like, please help me find something with camouflage on it. And there was this doll, and my husband has black hair, and he had black hair. And I handed it to her, and she looked at it, and the first thing she said was, "Daddy." Aww. And from then on, I, she held on to it. She would, I mean, that doll has been through birthday parties with little post-it note hats on. He took baths with her, slept in the crib with her, and it it really helped her. From there, she quit banging her head, and you know, she started being more the happy-go-lucky child I'd been used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I was like, anybody that can say our children are not suffering, like I know firsthand, you know, with this child who's 20 months old, that they are broken, and someone needs to do something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you 100% in that, 
you know, there's all these age-specific guidelines that were given for our children, you know, general guidelines. And, you know, I see it with the, the you know, divorce when my son was what my youngest one was, uh, I don't know, six months old, something like that. And, and, you know, when he was 20 months, I think about some of the behaviors that he was doing. And, you know, I would talk to some therapists. They're like, oh, yeah, no, he's too young. He's too young. And that's what I kept hearing is he's too young. He's mm-hmm. too young. And, you know, but as their mom, you know there's something wrong. Yes. Yes, and I think it's important that we begin to understand as military spouses that our spouse intuition and our mother intuition paired can work wonders in terms of helping our entire society. It's just a matter of standing up and speaking and finding a way to give these children a way to speak, which is what A Heart Apart was. It's why it was born. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's, um, I'm going to ask Christina. Christina, can you walk us through a little bit about the Heart Apart program and how do people get involved and how do they find, find, you know, you know, how do, we know to go to Amazon to get Melissa's book the day after he left Iraq, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the Heart Apart and, um, and, and how people can get a copy of this book? Sure, I'd love to. Um, you can go to lifecaptured.com, and uh, you just click on the Heart Apart book, and it'll walk you through the process. And basically what a Heart Apart is, it's an interactive, personal. Now, let me give that spelling out here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to slow down for a second here. We're going to go to Life Captured, because for you, that's commonplace. For me, not so much. We're going to spell it out. Life, L-I-F-E, Captured, C-A-P-T-U-R-E-D.com, and that's a shopping site. So first of all, you want people to go to LifeCaptured.com. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yes. And those are actually the people that um, are printing the book and have taken taken on this project. So that that is the place. Um, and basically what I would, it's a, I'm sorry, it's an interactive book, and the child gets to actually see their faces, and that's what makes it so unique from, like, the Now, how do they get to see their faces in a book? Because they, they get to put their own pictures in. So just like a photo book that you would create at, you know, Kinko's or whatever. Or Shutterfly. You to, yeah. You get to upload your pictures of your kids and put them right in the pages with the story. And I'm looking at the website now, which is really interesting. You have a daddy version, a mommy version, and other name version. How cool. And I really push for that other name because we use Papa. (laughs) And also for, like, my nieces and my nephews and things, when they're missing him, they can put an uncle or grandpa and really make it specific to that child's situation. That's so important because we take for granted, you know, mommy and daddy and, and you know, the different words that we use, especially now that, you know, the military is so multicultural. You know, we're not just, you know, the, the typical, um, you know, army that we were or, or Marine Corps that we were, you know, 50 years ago. We have different words for mom and dad, and we do have blended families now. We have, you know, we might have a step-parent, you know, things like that, that if you have an other, that's really helpful. Um, I have found it um, absolutely helpful, and even more specifically is they can go in and add their own text uh, with highlighted areas and put in their exact feelings. So that's where the communication part comes in. That is really cool. So this is like, you know, we got Build-A-Bear that builds bears. 
this is kind of like build a book where you upload your own photos, you put in some of the text, and then, you know, out pops this professionally printed, really great book that allows parents to, or uh, caregivers even, to talk to their children. Absolutely. And uh, there's also a second book that's given, so they can send that on to their soldier, their Marine, and so the, the parent away can even share with the child here. As far as each separation is different, um, it doesn't matter for the child whether he's in Iraq or Afghanistan or away at a three-month school. Uh, they just know that he's gone, or she in, in some cases. And it really has a different effect on them every time because they're a different age or the parent is missing different things. And they really need to talk about and express those feelings. And I don't think we give them that opportunity very often in normal life. I think um, a lot of times, I'll jump in here too and speak on behalf of my daughter. A lot of times I think they just don't have the words because our military children, just like our military spouses, often want to prove how proud they are of their serving parent. And pride and anger often don't go well or don't mix well in our own emotional world. So for my daughter, you know, she banged her head on the floor during the second deployment. The third deployment, she performed so well in school. She's an exemplary child. But when anyone mentioned her father, she started shaking uncontrollably and trembling and would say something like, my daddy's a hero, and then come home and scream and wail and cry um, to the point that I started counseling with her, and she was actually diagnosed with depression. And at this time, I had no clue that a child, you know, a six-year-old child, could actually be diagnosed with depression. It was it was almost a, a well, it was a huge wake-up call for me. And I had written this storyline for her probably four years ago and pulled it back out and brought it to Chris and I said, let's see what we can do here and see if we can help our kids. And the counseling was great, but it was this book that single-handedly pulled her out. And, and for the first time... After she built it, she turned and looked at my husband while he was here and said, is it okay to be angry with you? And the amount of courage that it took for her to say that was very humbling. And it was because she had this book and she had built it. And from then on, they slept with it and carried it around, showed it to other people. And my husband slept with it as well in Iraq. If you'd like to order A Heart Apart, visit www.lifecaptured.com, L-I-F-E-C-A-P-T-U-R-E-D, lifecaptured.com. And please look for Melissa's book entitled The Day After He Left for Iraq. This is a must read and we encourage you to visit www.herwarhervoice.com. Next, let's look at how we can make a difference in the lives of military personnel while they're deployed and assure that they know that they're remembered. More Military Mom Talk Radio Remembrances after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back. After these. Coming live from Seattle, Washington, home of the biggest and best internet companies on the World Wide Web, it's SEO Radio, starring Brandon Knott. Tuesday nights in Tim Central, 8 p.m. Pacific on Toginet.com. SEO Radio. 
This pioneering internet and social media entrepreneur will share some of his most super efficient opportunities with you small business owners and future entrepreneurs to help you build a future like Amazon or Expedia Online. There's never been a marketing strategy that's been so effective in allowing small businesses to compete with the big boys. And Brandon now helps you learn these easy as one, two, three. SEO. For more on Brandon, check out his website, SeattleOrganicSEO.com. SEO Radio. Get set for SEO Radio, starring Brandon Nye. Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, Military Moms and Families. We're back for one more look at a year of outstanding guests we've been fortunate to have on Military Mom Talk Radio. Here's a segment from our March 7th show where we met Andy Grant from Give to the Troops. And what made you start the organization? Well, I'm the wife of a U.S. Marine. He um, had gotten out of active duty, and we had moved to Connecticut. And after September 11th, he rejoined as a reservist and within a year was deployed. And um, I was very anxious. He was the only one in our town. He's the first one to be deployed. Nobody knew what to expect. And um, I think to calm my nerves, I decided I needed to do something. I'd also lived overseas and worked for this State Department, the Foreign Service, and the Department of Defense, so I knew what it was like not to get items from home, but needless to say, I was at a safe embassy without bullets flying over my head, so I was very anxious, and this really started in the basement of my 800-square-foot home, which I no longer live at, um, but it was amazing. It, it started in December of 2002. Um, Carolyn and I met. Carolyn and I met later on. We're, we're, I'm on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast, and um, I decided to start sending care packages. And word caught on, and before you knew it, we had branches in several states. That is so amazing. That is. So By amazing. the way, I was also a Boy Scout leader too. I got suckered into that- it because none of the ads would do it, but I only did it for a year. <laughs> My that son a didn't girl. like it. Not <laughs> a girl. We love that. We love women making a difference, even if it is in the Boy Scouts. Um, so what makes your organization different? You know, I tease you, and I, you know, and I, I know it's an awful way to bring you on a radio show and, you know, have you go head-to-head with Carolyn. And I, I just want to say again, I think you guys are both fantastic. Your organizations do wonderful work, and um, but you guys are different. You guys do do different things. We are very, very different. Um, whereas Carolyn will send to individuals what our organization does um, is we send very large, 65 to 70 pound boxes to an entire unit of troops. And it's not just what we think that they might like. We actually send over special requests. And these are large boxes. Um, we send over things such as microwaves, video systems, television sets, uh, you name it. Very unique requests. And Carolyn has often referred those people to us. Um, 
because they can't fit inside, the items can't fit inside the boxes that she sends. The, oh, sure, um, yeah. Carolyn's stuff are like these little shipping boxes. They're like, you know, for those listening in, they're like 12 to 14 inches by about 6 inches. And you have sent some, some really big stuff. What was the largest? Uh, what's the largest um, item you've ever shipped overseas? Well, I would say, um, well, we shipped over two Bowflex machines. One sits in Fallujah, Iraq right now. The other one uh, was part of the 82nd Airborne that fits in Afghanistan, I'm not quite sure where. I shipped over a huge wrestling mat. Uh, bills of lading on this with, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff about shipping. Um, <laughs> we also ship over golf clubs. We've shipped over half a million golf clubs that have been refurbished with our program, and we actually will find out from the troops what iron a club they need because we have an entire warehouse dedicated with volunteers who know all about golf so that if someone's left-handed or right-handed or needs a putter or whatever, they get their golf clubs. And we also have sent over slushing machines, which have been great in the summertime. So the largest thing thing was the uh, Bowflex machine. However, those were disassembled into 11 different boxes. So put together, it's the largest thing, but uh, the slushing machines were also weighed a lot. So did the wrestling mat, and so, of course, did the golf clubs. So I can imagine. So so wait, so we fatten them up with the slushy machines over the yep. summer. Then you send them the Bowflex, and all 11 boxes of the Bowflex, they all got where they needed to go so they could put that thing together? Um, that's correct. And then, of course, the wrestling that's- mat, too, so they could, you know, work off the slushy. There. I mean, but that's so fun. I mean, like when you think of like, uh, you know, I think of all the stuff, you know, over the years we've had, you know, people on the show and the stories that the, you know, the the Marines and the soldiers have told us. And it's like, who would think like, and, and where are you from originally? Um, well, I was born in New York, but I was raised in southern Connecticut and um, lived there. But I lived overseas for about 15 years and studied abroad. And um, then I came back about 14 years ago. So um, I guess you could say Connecticut's mainly my my home. Okay. So you so you you're you're and how tall are you? Oh God, I'm five foot two, and that's kind of. I cheating. knew you were a little peanut. You and you and Carolyn Blaschek are tiny. You know, Robin is like what are you four foot three or something like that. Oh, Robin? cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite that bad. I'm four foot eight. <laughs> four foot eight. Okay, Robin's four foot eight. But you know, I just to me, you guys are like these little like you know powerhouse like powerhouse packages because in your wildest dreams, Andy, you know, at five foot two, East Coast chick, would you ever think that you would send? two Bowflex machines, a wrestling mat, half a million golf clubs, you know, two men serving in battle, and women, too. Well, I never even thought I would be doing what I'm doing. This was a project of love, and I guess I'm a very good motivator. Um, I give a lot of speeches. People get so excited. They want to get involved. People from other states start calling and writing, and before you know it, I'm networking. Um, You would ask what makes us special and one of the other things is that we work with all sorts of people who want to make donations. So if I have ladies making quilts like the person speaking before on the phone, we will send those over to the wounded um, or the troops themselves or even the foreign nationals because many of our troops ask us for items for the orphanages that they either work at a combat support hospital or they work at an orphanage and they need whether it's beanie babies or clothes or, you know, specific items um, like quilts, and we'll send those over, too. Um, so we do take all sorts of donations that a lot of, you know, organizations might 
not take. We are very personalized. I know we're big, but I try to keep it grassroots for a reason because um, I don't want to be a factory. I don't want to be an assembly line. I want people to really feel involved. I don't care what state you're in or what age you're in. One of the members on our board has polio and is in a, is in a scooter. Uh, we have several people that are you know very elderly and people that have disabilities, and they are able to participate. So there's no excuse for anyone not to get involved. Um, we also have our program going on all year long. So it's ongoing. We have a programs page which lists all sorts of programs that we have. Uh, we don't just send a couple times a year. Um, and like I said, every package will be different according to how many are in the unit, what they need, where they are and their living conditions, um, whether or not their commanding officer allows them to accept certain things. Um, so each box is different. And that's so amazing, Andy, you know, because I think of the stuff I do for children's charities and, you know, we'll support like a group home and, you know, try to get individualized everything, you know, trying to make it individualized. That's an enormous amount of work. And, you know, I really want to thank you and applaud you and honor you for the work that you've done um, over the years. And we're going to help you with your donations, help you, you know, get your items, help you get the word out. We're here today, Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck on Military Mom Talk Radio with Andy Grant of Give to the Troops. Check it out, givetothetroops.org. Andy Grant was a delight, and we encourage you to visit www.givetothetroops.org, and that's the numeral two, Give to the Troops. This has been a wonderful way to end the Memorial Day weekend. Sandra and I are looking forward to meeting many more people in the weeks and months to come who are making a difference for our military communities. Be sure to visit our website, our show page here on Toginet, or iTunes for podcasts of all the shows. In closing, Sandra received a copy of this very poignant narrative, and I don't know who the author is, but it is so appropriate for Memorial Day. It's entitled, Today I Wish for You Continuous Freedom. This morning, while driving my comfortable car to retrieve my fancy latte, I tuned into the morning news. In between thoughts of children's projects, what to make for dinner, and would I make my yoga class, I was reminded that my country is at war. I would sit with this thought for a moment, but as my day proceeds, I know it will get lost in the hustle and bustle of my 21st century American lifestyle. This morning's report spoke of a young soldier who lost his life just hours ago. I thought of what he might say to me if given a chance. Excuse me, madam, I mean no bother, but could you check in on my family for me from time to time? My My mom is the sensitive type. My mom is the sensitive type. She may need to be held at night to fall asleep for a while. My dad will be strong for her, but inside he will be a mess. Maybe you could just sit next to him and watch a ball game. My wife will be just as much scared as she is heartbroken. Reassure her she is prepared and can do it. Also, can you tell her how pretty she looks from time to time? And she will need a ride on Sundays to visit my resting place. I worry about her driving on those days. Now for my children. I know you are busy raising your sons and daughters. Again, I truly mean to be no trouble, but I worry for them. Of course, there is the obvious stuff, like who will teach my boy to throw a ball, who will walk my daughter down the aisle, and how will their colleges be paid for. 
But can you also make sure that they see the Big Dipper in the sky? Tell them about the leaves turning color in the fall. Maybe you could bring my son down to the creek and skip a rock or two. Tell him he does not have to always be brave, and it's okay to cry. My daughter, well, I'm still learning myself about raising little girls. She loves to swing, so once or twice can you bring her to the, to the playground and push her real high for me. Tell her to reach for the moon. She always laughs when I tell her that. Maybe on Bring Your Daughter to Work Day, she can tag along with you and your daughter. Any help at all is appreciated. Over 4,000 soldiers have given their lives fighting the Iraqi war. Thousands of others have returned home with lost limbs, bodily injuries, and unspeakable inflictions to the mind. For you, I wish the continuous freedom that they fight for. For Sandra Beck and Military Mom Talk Radio, I'm Robin Boyd. See you next week. Thank you for being part of Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com with Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here each week to provide a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. For more information on the show or Sandra and Robin, go to militarymomtalkradio.com. This is their mission helping military moms. So join us again next Monday for Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, Monday afternoons, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Toginet. <laughs>